0: Welcome everybody. uh, And thanks for joining us. Today, we will be talking about a new procurement decision tool and its application to the Toowoomba second range crossing project in Queensland. My name is Ekaterina. Uh, I'm a communications officer at Austroads, and I will be moderating today's session. You can see my contact details up on the slide. So get in touch if you have any questions um, after the webinar. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the custodians of the land from which we are broadcasting today. I pay my respect to elders, Past, Present and Emerging. I also acknowledge the Treaty of Waitangi and Maori as the regional people of New Zealand. A little bit about Austroads. We are the collective of Australasian transport and traffic agencies, and our focus is to support our member organizations to deliver an improved road transport network. Here's our structure. Uh, We use a program management approach to deliver our work. There are four programs and each is focused on an operational area of the road system. So the project that we are focusing on today was delivered under the transport infrastructure program, which is managed by Rose Gapi and coordinated by Elise Esteban. A bit of housekeeping uh, for today's session. So our presenter will speak for 40 minutes and then we will have a Q&A session for 15 minutes. We record all our sessions and you will receive an email from us once the recording is available on our website. You can also search for Ostrodes in your podcast app. Uh, the report Today's session is based on, and the presentation slides can be downloaded from the handout section of your sidebar, which you will find on the right-hand side of your screen. There's also a questions box section there, so please use it to send us your questions. Just simply type your question in the box and hit send at any stage uh, of the webinar. It would also help if you could let us know the slide number that your question relates to. That would help us to answer your question as best as we can. Also, you can use that same box to let me know if you're having any technical problems. Uh, Just a quick tip. uh, If you lose sound or your picture freezes, most likely the issue is with your connection. So leaving the webinar, closing the browser, and rejoining the session again using your registration link usually fixes that problem. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce our presenter today, Adrian Bridge. Adrian is a world-leading authority in the procurement of infrastructure. He has extensive experience uh, in leading large Australian Research Council grants and procurement-related research projects funded by Infrastructure Australia and Australia. Adrian holds an undergraduate and master's degrees in construction and project management, along with a PhD in the microeconomics of procurement. He is a Chartered Quantity Surveyor, and Fellow of the Australian Institute of Quantity Surveys. Currently, Adrian is an Associate Professor of Project Management at Queensland University of Technology. Um, welcome, Adrian, and over to you.
1: Okay, thank you. Right, so about half of the seminar or, uh, workshop today um, is, um, is on the tool itself, it's key features, main features. And then we're gonna apply that. Or I'll give you um, a summary of this application to the Tournament Second Range Crossing in Queensland, Australia. Um, before I start, I, I wanted to um I want to just to, to say that uh, an extraordinarily privileged to, to get to this position and also very, very fortunate um to be presenting today. It's a culmination of a 20 years of work, not, not every day of course, but, but across 20 years. It feels like everyday at times. Um, but um, And that includes, um, 10, I've added up around 10,000 research hours across two PhDs, myself, uh, my own PhD, and also Pauline Teo, who's now uh, RMIT in, in Melbourne, in, in Australia, and um, about a thousand hours or so of government and industry uh, in kind time, and uh, best part of half a million dollars cash, so it's a big investment, so we're very pleased to get to where we are today. I'd like to quickly introduce the team. Um, there they are there um, a special mention to Gerald Murray uh, Murphy rather um, Gerald if you're, if you're watching um, um, we, we, Gerald's mango to, to anyone to everyone in, in in Queensland if you're watching mango um, thank you uh, for being there and thank you for all your help and, and assistance. Uh, your great experience in rail, and, rail and, and road delivery have been invaluable Thank you once again. Summary of the project: uh, The project, the 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 tool itself is designed to to deliver value for money, um, and what I mean by that is um, minimise whole life costs and uh, and also maximise the benefits um, for the direct users of the the asset. Um, so that's the the purpose of the tool, um, and and from there, um, and in terms of how we deliver that or, or how we advance about, uh, value for money using this tool. Uh, We use, um, it it focuses on identifying the the most efficient uh, bundling and the most efficient nature of contracting from collaborative to competitive contracting. So the tool can be used two ways. It can be used um, in its uh, forward-looking mode in which um, it's used to guide uh, future decisions or it can be used in its uh, review mode to to, to evaluate a current or or an actual decision. We've applied it to uh, Tuum Second Range Crossing in its review mode that procurement decision is made back in 2014 and um the, the the road is open and in operations the tool is designed developed uh tested and successfully trialed in, in a grant an Australian research grant grant which is part of the cash that i mentioned before and um cited by Australia's productivity commission and also cited by the international transport Forum, the OECD is part of one of the way forwards um uh and also highlighted in the forthcoming book by the National Bureau of Economic Research in the US. So, why do we urgently need the tool? We absolutely need this tool, very urgently. There's um, some obvious um, evidence of market failure, by market failure I mean poor performance or poor outcomes delivered by the market versus the firm. In this case, the firm is, is, is government. So this was a survey of eighty seven projects um, worth thirty two billion dollars um, road and rail uh, sorry road and hospitals in the ground that i mentioned before and um, only about forty percent um, achieved um, expressions of interest in in the order of or in the range of five to eight and the significance of that we'll, i'll re- re- return to a bit later um, but fifty um, percent around fifty percent actually only achieved in the order of, of, of um, two to four um, EOIs and of course right there you have um, market failure, you have a lack of competition, you have a lack of downward pressure on price um, and 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 therefore high prices. But it's um, it gets much more sort of nuanced and, and much more subtle than that in terms of market failure. So uh, what we also found in this particular sample was that a large proportion of or larger proportion uh, of the value of the the, 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 the works were represented by a, a quite a small proportion of the projects so we have big lumpy projects in other words uh, single contracts often design, construct early contractor involvement managing contract and alliance based models now um, that's not to say that any of those models are are inefficient um, but um, but there are indications that um, their Their extensive use uh, may be inefficient in in terms of the, the aggregate use of those those models. so in terms of um, um the particular nuances around the, the the inefficiencies, one size fits all uh, the one of the the cases we looked at was a big big alliance design it was designed to construct but delivered as alliance in alliance mode, and um fifty percent of it was actually um on grade and regular elevated structures. And so, in that sense, um, there was, there needn't have been a collaborative approach to about 50%. And so, we 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 estimate that uh, the model would have delivered uh, significant savings because it would have broken up, as you can see in the, in the figure below, into four contracts, only one of which would have been an alliance mode. Red herrings. Um, there are there there are almost there are fairly continuous calls for um, for, for collaboration and. Uh, and, and whilst, again, that there are conditions under which collaboration can work, um, to pursue collaboration for, let's say, for, um, uh, for, because of BIM or because of, let's say, more recently in, in COVID times with, uh, with uh, modularization offsite construction, um, doesn't, doesn't follow, doesn't necessarily follow. Not always so. And I'd be very happy to have an offline discussion with, with any agency or private sector buyer if you want to explore that further um asymmetry so in this sense government um or the buyer any buyer uh, re- requires um similar experience and knowledge and is it must be able to com- um, contribute um to to a, a genuine collaboration and um that's not always the case um in, amongst agencies um in australia or around the world and so um that that's that's something that, that can, can can lead agencies into um, um Mistaken collaboration um, and government constraints. Fundamentally, government don't um, have got constraints around transparency and accountability, which frustrate the development of a rational exchange in the long run. Again, those constraints don't necessarily apply as as, as strictly in the private sector. So there's there's many ways in which government could be sort of almost a sleepwalk into um, um, a, a collaborative arrangement um, and, uh, and 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 end up in a lot of pain. Um, so as I said, isn't Collaboration is good, but it's not always good. So what the the tool does is it, it seeks to, first of all, you know, avoid bundles and therefore contracts which are too too big and too small, and develop the most efficient size and number of bundles and contracts. And and in doing so, well, the next step beyond that is it, it makes sure that we also avoid mistaken collaboration and also mistaken competition because you can go the other way. So it's not. Um, it's it's getting the, the the contractual terms right for the right circumstances and so um it those two things or those two uh outcomes are the are the, are the core of the model we uh in in the, across the world we were these are very um difficult times of course uh and uh, delivering stimulus is is one of the government strategies to to addressing uh the situation we find ourselves in across the world um not least in Australia, in terms of um, government, state governments, uh, um, federal government in Australia. Um, and, I, and I think we all understand that as a community, the need to, 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 to develop stimulus and, and, uh, and protect jobs and, um, and, and, the, health, and the health system in due course. But um, what we need to be careful of is, is, you know, in the longer term, you know, that the pendulum doesn't swing too far and for too long towards unbundling. So, in Australia, um, there are some agencies that are, are developing more collaborative models to deal with this, um, uh, which are designed um, predetermined to, to deliver more work to to, to two, three, and four contractors. Um, when at least accepting that, let's say, but at the very least, the tool will provide an efficient ba- baseline and benchmark by which to judge the extent to which we, we may be delivering in, inefficiently by having swung from, from two too much bundling, to too to, to much unbundling um, uh, and if we are delivering inefficient inefficiently um, um, this this particular time um, then some poor, uh, assuming that money is not free we need to be able to see the pendulum swing back again but not in the aggregate it's back as far as it was before so some sort of balanced position in the aggregate and that's not to say we won't, the, the tool wouldn't um, um, advocate or recommend big projects. I mean, it, it, it actually substantially matched this, this, this tool with second range crossing, which is a, um, a an over a billion dollar project. So that's not, it doesn't exclude big projects, but 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 in the aggregate, um, I suspect we'll see a, a better balance. Key difference between the tool and current practice. So in current practice, we, we have an approach called procurement options analysis uh which is typically used around governments around the world and it involves um, a few short-term targets and the reason the short-term targets become prevalent uh, one in political cycles you're aware of that um, but also um, there is there's a lack of knowledge that we have about how, how facilities are affected by procurement in operations and, uh, and maintenance um, so we do know more about how projects perform in construction in terms of how they're affected by procurement so there's a few reasons that that lead to those development those short-term targets um, those 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 short term requirements and then um, they are then um, the, the, the stereotypical procurement approaches I' mentioned above DNC and so on are then um, um, scored um, and weighted and, and the highest weighted sc- uh, uh, score uh, approach to procurement wins um, now that 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 sort of begins to deliver some 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 flaws. And one of those being that um, um, all of the risks then that, that are associated with that project tend to get rolled up uh, and treated the same as that. Um, and so um, what we find is that um, what we find is, is sort of the evidence of the sort of market failures that, that I mentioned before. So in contrast, this tool sees no one approaches contract practising as being universally advantageous. It actually um, guides users to configure a contract, to align to project characteristics and context uh, with value for money priorities. So the priorities being whole life costs, I mentioned, uh, down at the bottom there one, and also um, innovations, quality innovations, not, not just compliance, but quality innovations, which uh, can feed into good, you know, innovative thinking can, can obviously feed into minimizing costs and also um, improving um, the, uh, the utility of the asset for the users. Direct user. Uh, So contract packaging will vary and, and, uh, and depend on the project characteristics depicted by the ball in, in the uh, in the little um, diagram on the right. Um and um and different types of risk will be treated differently. High-level view of the tool. Uh, the tool takes economics, uh, the best we have economics-wise, including three three Nobel Prize-winning theories and the, the the advancement or the significant contribution the tool is making is for the very first time anywhere anywhere in the world as far as i'm aware it configures these 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 theories and it and it creates a coherent uh, set of steps by which agencies and, and government industry can deploy um so it creates um five steps um and interestingly the first three steps are actually um um really important um and and Received least attention in, in the POA approach I mentioned above, and that, they're really important because you know like a race uh, to the finish on the on the right hand side there a um, the hurdle race you need to cro- you need to jump all the hurdles um, to deliver um, put the project on a on a on a good path towards value for money relative to POA or better path relative to POA. And 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 actually the first hurdles are bigger, <laughs> they're, they're they're more fundamental. Uh, if you like, they're, they're higher than the, the subsequent hurdles, and uh, and can have a, a much more adverse effect on outcomes if you get those wrong. So what um, what I'd like to do now is having talked about the the features of the model, I'd like to um, to to explain a little bit about um, how we applied that to the to twir- um, the second range crossing. So this project is, um, I said it's a, a billion-dollar-plus project, um, it's a, a road of approximately 41 kilometers in length. Now, the original design or the schematic or reference design, if you like, had um, a tunnel. Uh, and the tunnel um, was not built, um, but it was part of the OI documentation in 2014, of course, pre-COVID, and that's something I'd like to, 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 to highlight. and. Um, the tunnel wasn't built, uh, but interestingly, uh, there was a pilot tunnel done, and uh, interestingly, that that um, changed the outcomes in terms of how the tool um, developed its procurement approach relative to the, the project I mentioned above, um, because um, there wasn't a pilot tool for the project above, um, um, that big single alliance, and um, that, that led to a significant different outcome. So piloting the tunnel led to essentially de-risking that particular component. Steps in the tool applied to to, to women's second rooms crossing. So these are the the steps in more detail and you can see um, the economics that we're using. So step one, we're using economics of specialization, um, which is division of labor. Um, Step two, economics economics of scale. And um, step three, the economics of capability, technical competence, organizational competence and holder. Um, Capability and technical competence speak to production costs and that speaks to Sort of the maxim that probably a lot of people are aware of in the industry, you know, who's better placed to manage the risks. Uh, organizational competence actually speaks to the ability of firms to be able to organize in a way to avoid mistakes. And so it talks about it's more about internal costs or internal transaction costs. So it's quite different. And that's not well known and that's not well articulated. And what tends to get, get missed a great deal, despite it's a Nobel Prize winning contribution, is hold up, extent to which variations post-contract can create issues uh, for the buyer in terms of having to pay unduly for uh, variations because they they can't switch they're stuck uh, and, and and the private sector or well, the, the supplier if you like um, is able to, to make gains and that's, that''s and that's that's just an economic phenomenon um, economy, economics of scope in bundling is very different from scale because economics of scope is about one and one is three is synergy very different to, to the economics of, of scale. And then we have an economics of uh, risk allocation, which is um, um, which is associated in this in this context with competition and the the, the leveraging of of, of high-powered um, price um, obtained in in a, a low-price auction. And then risk risk sharing, which is the economics associated with with collaboration um, and often pain share gain share ratio so there is the steps, and the first step is to, to break the project down into DCO, um, design, construction, operation, maintenance activities, and um, and and then we um to, to 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 sort of take we take the reference design, uh, and as, as I said, we break it down, and we do that by, by looking at distinct knowledge and skill sets. Um, so so design of mechanical works is very different than design of of um, of, of architectural design. Um, they, they're, they're, they have a different skill set, different degree, you know, uh, different, different, different profession, if you like, of discipline. And each, each, what we do then, having identified different boundaries or boundaries between different activities, we then, we then sort of initially, initially, we put them group them together. So we have across the project um, a number of um, key key design, construction, operation, uh, maintenance activities. So in the in this in the road that uh, Toowoomba Road that we're interested in. That's the the list there are 17 um, design activities. Uh, There's a list there of uh, 41 activities construction wise that we identified. And and then we had um, a list of um, uh, further operation activities and maintenance activities, actually that breaks out into another 14 items there from A to N. And because inspections and data collection are different than implementation, uh, you've you've, you've actually got um, two times 14 onto 44 or 72. I did the, the math before <laughs> before the uh, presentation. Um, and then um, step two, um, have an identify those key activities. Um, what we then do is we look at each of those activities and we look to, to the extent to which they're project specific. Um, um, and eventually we'll, when we get to bundling, we will talk about leveraging economies of sc- scope. Versus network activities, where we where, where we can leverage economies of scale. So to distinguish the two, in, in basic or plain plainer terms, um, project specific activities are those where um, they don't um, they're they're dissimilar than recurrent activities in existing network. Whereas network activities are are broadly the same, very similar to recurrent activities in existing network. And so, to, to long story short, design construction activities in the road and the tunnel uh, were considered to be project-specific activities, mainly because of resource immobility and, um, and also timing, um, me- and um, that the makes them the, the unique activities. Um, whereas, whereas, and one-off. Whereas network activities, and operation and maintenance, were were, were not that, um, and similar to the existing network. Then we move on to the next step, stage three, at step three, where we begin to um, explore the, the, the sort of the risks. So what we're doing is we're breaking the project down in terms of activities. So we're not trying to second guess risks where we have a lack of information. We're, we're, we're really trying to identify activities and then who's best placed to deliver those activities because that, all, that, that entity, whether it's a government or firm, or whether the market or in this case the firm is, is government, Who's best placed? But in other words, they've got the, the resources and able to deal with, with ensuing risks. So that that it's a much more reliable um, 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 way to, 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 to go about measuring risks. So um, what we have, as I mentioned, is, is those four four kinds of risks: capability, technical, organisation, competence, and hold up. Um, and what we do is we we, we can. We can depict that, if you like, as, um, as a spectrum from the firm to the markets. Government can do things that market can't, perhaps land acquisition, and then there'll be market firms who have proprietary knowledge, perhaps around M&E or lifts or something like that, um, that, that the government cannot deliver in the short term. So you can see that the, the, the market and the firm um, vis-a-vis certain activities are, are poles apart. Um, and um capabilities ability to do something in the short term so government have capabilities that the market haven't haven't got and vice versa so they're they're, they're reflected they're one in eight so that one type of risk actually creates two two patterns one and eight and um, and then the capability uh, sorry the comp- technical competence again there are things that government are technically better than the market and vice versa so two and seven and then organizational competence, uh three and six and then um hold up in the middle um and so you have this like reflected spectrum. And our job is to, is to measure each activity and identify which level uh, they fit in, in in regard to that particular um, spectrum. 2 2nd range crossing, actual patterns were six and seven, um, mostly, um, mostly. Um, in, um, and what that tells us is five, six and seven are ex, ex, um, outsource activities. So the, the, the tool has sent us that the, uh, all those activities um, are better or more efficiently delivered um, um, by outsourcing um, except for the detailed design and installation of the m 8 which was um, a pattern or level, level eight and I'll, I'll talk about that in a second now the questions that we use for every single activity the 72 um, albeit that we, we sort of petitioned off at an earlier stage the uh, the network activity so the design construction activities the questions we apply to all of those um are summarized here in, in the appendix in the report and i just want to highlight the uh, the third party interference because that's sort of you know obviously very very relevant right now in COVID times but the the broad um sort of categorization we have questions concerning hold up um direct and indirect um, costs you know, associated with switching um i mentioned the, the third party interference during design and construction in operation and maintenance there are other um Environmental changes, exogenous risks associated with demand and, and technology changes beyond health and safety. And, and, and then we have um, the, the, the pipeline uh, or the, the amount of work, continuity of work, um, which is part of that uh, set of measure, uh, measurements of questions. The other questions concern capability and competence, um, stroke capacity. Okay, so just an example, um, we ran those questions through payment design and so you go for every question um and the questions um uh fall into um the, the 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 columns there question one two three four five and six and you shade each one so if you if your answer is is, is likely let's say that that gives you a, a positive score which is denoted by a positive symbol if it's if it's unlikely let's say that you have a, a zero generally speaking or a low score so then you'll go down that column you shade off the ones that um apply so in this case um um the the asset specificity um in terms of uh, pavement design uh, applied because of the, the sort of the, the difficulty in terms of what it in part of the, the critical path um but um in terms of uncertainty um it was at the time um this particular activity wouldn't have led to uh, was was predictable in, in simple terms and so we only shade off the ones that i've shown there and frequency um the when you look at the aggregate of what the market can can, can bring together in terms of pay, payment design it's more than the, the payment design on that particular project that the government has at any one time so in that sense that the frequency is low in terms of government vis-a-vis what the whole market can, can aggregate um and then um and, and so on and you work your way through that um, and then what, what what you then do is you'll find there's only one row which is which is highlighted and shaded all the way through and in this case number six indicating that the, the markets actually organizationally can deliver a payment design in this particular project at that particular time more efficiently than government and um as i said it, if we ran it now or in the future a different pro- project um, the same project even different time you could it's possible you can get a different result okay so now we have the next step which is bundling and in this step um this is really um gets to the, the core now. but but all, as i said before the, the efficacy of doing this step is really dependent on how well we've done all the previous steps so opportunity costs and trade-off are really at the core of the problem we're trying to address here in terms of bundling so more bundling uh, means less contracts and that's good when there's less when there's low unpredictability uh, because we get less compliance costs, we're more likely um, um, compliance with time, cost, and quality, quality being quality assurance, um, um, and, and, and more innovations where there is the potential for that, i.e. You know, where design construction can have can, can have an effect, a positive effect on, on operation and maintenance. So bundling can be really good under low unpredictability. Under However, um, bundling can be bad, um, if if um so more bundling and less contracts um, can be bad uh, in the presence of high unpredictability um because um well uh, with high unpredictability we have um we go to bundling, we're signing off earlier, we're executing contracts at an earlier stage, there's less time for planning and design, and the likelihood of more hold up because of that ex post or post contract unpredictability um also more bundling less contracts regardless unpredictability can be bad. Uh, where we're bundled up so much that we create a lack of competition, which again creates market failure pre-contract this time in terms of a lack of competition and a lack of downward pressure on price. So we resolve this in a in a in a in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sort of a devastatingly simple way. <laughs> um, what we do is we 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 deal with the 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 sort of the troublesome activities, the the, the, the pattern fives which concern hold up um there were none of those actually in, in the tournament second range crossing but we would have dealt with those had there been any first and then the pattern eggs there was one there was the the m e in the tunnel uh the detailed design uh implementation of m e in the tunnel there was there was a set of activities there so um we need to deal with that um because if we put that in a bun, we, we bundle that, that up uh with with another bundle then um we can we may be um encouraging market failure because because we're reducing the supply as as the other contractors buy to to be able to deal with or, or attract the attention of one or maybe two m&e contractors who can do that so we ended up then with two contracts and, and so we deal with the first one first which is the as I said the troublesome first uh first which would the m&e so that comprised one contract and um there is an issue with the proximity so there is no issue of proximity in this case but but we have to be mindful of proximity issues and that will come out in, in the hospital example that um, we we've, we've also run the tool off and you'll see in due course um, but you can read about the issue of proximity if there is a proximity issue you cannot take siphon off or have a separate contract then we need different terms within the bundle in which that contract goes um, that work goes in but in this case we're able to separate it out And then then we're we're left in a a wonderful position where we can then bundle up the remaining activities safely um, and leverage uh, the point on the left hand side, which is uh, more bundling, less contracts is good because we've dealt with all the unpredictability. And and we've also done a check to make sure that we add six and sevens together in one bundle, we don't create a number eight. Um, And so so we can put all that together and leverage the the efficiencies of uh, more bundling and less contracts. Um, so we saw that, um, that, um, that's abundant. the last step is, is, is competitive or collaborative analysis. And, uh, what we're doing here is we, do heres we we have already got the pattern established for the, those two contracts. The, the, um, the sixes and the sevens actually were, were it's mostly sixes in that, uh, in that, um, big first contract. And, and so we can adopt for standard uh, competitive contracting as opposed to, um, bespoke competitive contracting for, for the for level eight. Um, just to explain that a little bit more, um, this is a table by Teo in, in in a thesis, uh, Pauline's thesis, and in um, and both cases we can pursue um, a fixed price um, efficiently um, because, as I said, we've dealt with the troublesome activities so that we've got a nice bundle that we, by which we can transfer those technical risks. Um, but there is a slight difference because in the, the, in the M&E works we need to be able to um, uh develop credible threats to 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 preempt their, their their market position that they have pre-contract so then we we need to put some bespoke terms um which um, performance requirements that uh, carry some 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 threats um on, on their performance so finally we move to the value, validation discussion of, of the approach we come up with and um we use EOI uh because it's um there's the, 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 this, the establishment of value for money is problematic, and, and we all know that. Um, and the reason being the tractability of data. However, um, that doesn't mean that we, we can't use an indirect approach, and uh, we use an indirect approach here at EOIs. EOIs are established just after the point in time that the procurement is made, which is perfect, because there can be lots of bad decision making post procurement, uh, right, starting right with tendering, right through contract administration, and so on and so on so um so we have a, a a very good point in time to to judge the the efficacy of the decision we've made um in terms of the point at which we get expressions of interest which is not interfered by if you like by, by government or the buyer um and also the, the neat thing is that eois actually captures both high prices and also um which is pre-contract market pay but also the potential for hold up or post-contract market player and that's explained in the report so the simple hypothesis we have is that where we where we where, where actual competition um is is um is actually in the range of five to eight um you know we would expect the actual procurement to match the the, the procurement strategy of the tool and, and vice versa where actual compute competition is outside of the optimum range five to eight then we'd um then, then we'd expect the actual procurement to mismatch the tool so um, the the approach, the actual procurement into a second range crossing was a single contract DC and then um, bundled, uh, but with substantial capital contribution from a government, federal, state, um, with um, private finance substantially for the, the, the maintenance. In contrast, the tool came up with two contracts, but actually the, the vast majority of the, the value was in that first contract, as opposed to the the M&E contract for the small tunnel, and. Um, and the other the 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 dnc whilst bundled um we saw that the 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 tour had maintenance separated out as a network activity and procured separately and because of that um the maintenance in that sense we're pursuing economies of scale to drive efficiencies and maintenance um that reduces the scope or the potential opportunity to develop efficiencies in terms of economies of scope in the dnc bundle and therefore, um, and therefore, the tool recommended we didn't use private finance uh, for for the for, for the project um, because um, we really we want to see sort of DC, DNC having a great effect or appreciable effect on operation maintenance, reducing those costs, innovations, so on, in order to compensate for project finance or, or limited recourse finance, um, which is usually associated with um, private finance in, in situations. So given the small cost of maintenance relative to the much larger cost of, of design and construction to open second range crossing, the procurement approach strategy largely recommended that, um, that or, or sorry, the procurement approach recommended largely matched the actual. Um, and I, anecdotally, there were five to six EOIs as well. So that fitted the support of our, our hypothesis. And then the last thing, anecdotally, um, the absence of private finance may well have, uh, um, well, anecdotally, as I said, um, we think, the yeah, would have would have seen expression of interest gone up towards the optimum of eight. Eight is absolutely perfect. Okay, um, but as I said, anecdotally we think there were about five to six. But overall, it matched, and those results supported the the approach that the tool recommended. So, conclusions and recommendations. The uh, the single alliance road I mentioned above. Uh, which was in slide 14, uh, which was in the grant, and also the illustration of the and Sefering Caution that I've just given. Um, illustrates significant improvements of valuable money that, 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 that would have uh, likely been delivered by the tool. Uh, all four cases in the grant, uh, there were actually a couple of hospitals, a couple of roads, support of the hypothesis that I mentioned above. And so, um, you know, our expectations at all will appreciate improved chances. Um, that uh, we can um, um, deliver a, well, a good approach. We'll, we'll put the project on a superior value for money path relative to current practice ACA um, PO, POA. And that's on the basis that um, currently uh, that, that data we had was uh, only not even 50% we're, we're getting um, in the range of five to eight POIs. So we see there being substantial room for improvement. The tool has also been supported by the results and the and, um, in its trial in this project, as I mentioned, and also a high, uh, a major health project, uh, which was funded by um, Knowledge and briefly gratefully uh, acknowledge the, the support from Infrastructure Australia in, in its uh, funding of the tool and its application on the major health project. Um, the, the, the details of that are confidential at the moment, but they will become um, public domain when we publish the user guide. And I can just say that again, significant differences. in this time, I can just say that the, we did find uh, there was a, a viable DCOM bundle, which would have um, could have been market-sounded as a as um, for private finance as part. But but there were, the, the hospital turned out to be much more complicated in terms of the scope of bundles and scope of contracts, and not and, and some and, and some, as I said, private private finance, but others not. Okay um the conclusions by um beyond significantly advancing value for money um there are other microeconomic benefits uh, objectivity is is one of them um so um government and industry can run the tool um very difficult for one side or the other to to come up with a, a, diff- a different answer <laughs> and so um we think that will improve objectivity um Accountability and transparency uh, is very uh, is something that uh, the tool offers um, in contrast to the public sector comparator, which, for example, um, is not always published due to commercial confidence. The whole tool and its and its uh, application could be published, put in public domain. Um, As relates to objectivity, it's going to be it's going to deliver more reliability and consistency and avoid projects going down. For example, some projects go down the PPP path and, and, and maybe all that. Well. All that work involved in that can be justified and, and more sort of more reassurance before we go down that path because there is extra overwork associated with getting to financial close ppps um and more time for planning and design and you know counter at the moment we want to get on and deliver stimulus but but at the same time uh you know if we if we're delivering a world of pain and we're, um and projects end up taking longer well that's not really helped anyone so um so the, the tool will, will, will help in these times and also in the longer term. Uh, beyond the microeconomic benefits, the industry uh, the microeconomic benefits, um, industry uh, benefits, um, um, and also uh, macroeconomic benefits. So we think that in COVID times, it's compelling uh, to ensure that value for money. Now is, it's more important than ever, and deliver on each and every new project. And the trial and tool both in the, the road to second range crossing and the major health product forms the basis of the tools for forthcoming user guide uh, to be published by New, um, Infrastructure Australia. Two recommendations. Uh, first is that any agency or private sector buyer uh, wants to, uh, to use the tool, uh, don't wait for the user guide. <laughs> um, please uh, get in contact with me QT, uh, and I'm sure we can, um, we can come to arrangement to, to help you deliver that. Um, the OSROads, we also uh, recommend because of a proposal to develop the economics in the tool to, into a further tool to be applied to the procurement network activity, including operation and maintenance of roads. And that, I think, is that. And so um, without further ado, I'll put it back to the lovely Ekatrina.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andrian. I'm just uh, pulling control back to myself. So now all of you can see my screen. Um, thanks so much Adrian for such an interesting presentation and we have a number of questions from um, our audience but before I get to them, I just wanted to let everyone know that if we can't answer your question uh, during today's session, we will respond to all of the questions in writing and we'll email you the copy of the response after uh, the webinar. Right, so I am going to take us uh, to slide 16 Um, where you explained why the tool is urgently needed Uh, and the question here is with the recently announced fast tracking of large stimulus projects will the tool give preference to the larger contractors or is there any hope that the smaller contractors would benefit from the tools uh, recommendations as well
1: so so both Um, I think um, the the tool the tool in the aggregate uh i think we'll see a, a better a better balance in terms of um providing work um for tier ones well, across all tiers i think that's what we'll see in the aggregate uh, so it's not predetermined to to any any particular mode of procurement so it's not predetermined to 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 feed unduly uh, and unbundle unduly julie um, to, to tier twos, two threes and fours and neither is it unduly um predisposed to to deliver to to tier ones, um, so so the tool may may we'll continue to see big projects, but we'll 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 we we'll, we'll likely see much many more smaller projects. I suspect given the current market, and as I said, in aggregate, I think we'll see a better balance.
0: Thanks, Adrian. Um, another participant uh, is saying that many road authorities rely on lump sum projects uh, and alliance projects. So, what's your view on that?
1: Well, both, uh, you know, uh, both are good lump sum um, is, um, is, is competitive contracting, generally sort of based on reverse auction lowest price and collaborative, collaborative approaches, I think you mentioned, um, you know, based on, uh, on budget, uh, often with approaches um, like ECI and so on. So both, both, there is, there is both are fine, all these, all the, any approaches is, is fine in the right circumstance and the right conditions. And that is the key to be able to assess the conditions um, and develop um, the best approach um, and, and contract bundling, contract terms to get the, the project um, kicking that, that long-term value goal.
0: Thank you. Uh, I'll take us to slide 18. Uh, yeah, so you explained the Um, differences between the tool and uh, and current practice here so one of our participants is asking is it likely that the tool will show that the traditional procurement mode used in a particular jurisdiction is not optimal if so what would be the market impact
1: well the answer is that you know I don't know the answer to that until you run the tool (laughs) so so whether the the approach being taken is efficient um can only be determined by the tool so if it, for example if the jurisdiction is um is is predisposed to traditional procurement well but that that may be good uh, but but um and and for example there was one of the cases in the in the arc which was a, a 50 50 million million dollar row um and that was a the tool just arrived at a very simple construct only Traditional approach, um, so it can be good, but until until the tools run out, um, you know, and the tool will pick up the prevailing circumstances at any time, um, then I, then 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 we have to. I have to postpone my answer to that.
0: <laughs>
1: that is my answer. You have to run okay. the tool.
0: Okay, thank you. Um, next question. Um, so the high-level view of the tool, um, you said that the tool combines various schools of economic thought in order to develop a procurement strategy. So is it easy to use the tool uh, and what qualifications or knowledge uh, to practitioners need?
1: Well, the answer is, yeah, it will be easy. Um, it, well, it will be, it will be completely um, practicable uh, for agencies um, and also industry to run. Um, with the, the, the resources and the and the, the knowledge and skills that they have already when they sit down and do a, a procurement options analysis workshop. So all those skills um, can be just deployed in a different way through the guidance of the tool.
0: Right, um, and another participant is asking what is actually the tool? Is it a software or a spreadsheet oh, or
1: what is it? That's really good, uh, look, um, it's um, so the tool is, I mean, fundamentally, it's an it's an algorithm. You know, it's a it's a series of economic um, steps, uh, procedures, inputs, and outputs, but it's not. It's, it doesn't sit as a as a as a sort of a piece of software. Um, it's um, it's sitting as um, um, uh, you know a sort of a textual guide to, to, to what um, um, users would would follow and and the reason for that really is that, that the the essential data that it relies on is saturated in, in in a local context it's the technical knowledge locally and the local market the government at the particular time uh, and and their and views about how, how things are going to unfold during construction and so on so so the, the tool leverages that 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 unique um, expertise locally so uh, there is potential to develop it more sophisticatedly into a sort of a more of a, an expert system but it but it but it but at the moment uh, i think i can't see how at the moment it could be you know, artificially uh developed developed into sort of a, an artificial intelligence uh, um tool or, or a format if you like um uh, with a with a complete um you know prescriptive algorithm so it's um it's, it's more of an expert system but, but, and, and using a, a narrative, um, textual-based um, um, document.
0: Right, uh, thank you. I'm going to take us to slide 33 where you talked about step three uh, of the analysis. Um, so is there any revisitation of risk questioning after this has been completed?
1: Okay, so I didn't quite understand that, Katrina. Before, before you answer though, are you, can you see me okay? I, yes, I, I, yes,
0: we can see you well or we can hear you perfectly. So I think it's crossed state
1: that's. No, no, that's no, all good. That's all good. So, so, so I bought some time. Can you tell me the question again?
0: <laughs> yes, so the question is, is there any revisitation of uh, this step, I understand, of risk questioning after this has been completed?
1: not sure about the question give it to me one more time and if i don't get it then i'll just commit to 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 perhaps some um, i
0: I suppose the question is like after you've completed step three uh are there any sort of uh revisitation um stages after that so can you revisit that step again and do that step again after it's been completed like revisited yeah and uh um Complete it again after it's been done.
1: I'm not sure if this is the this is this answer to the question, but if there was a uh, an appreciable delay in time between mm-hmm. having run the tool and then you know, a six month, twelve month delay and the and market had changed, you know, appreciably and government resources had changed appreciably, then yeah. you would have to rerun the tool. Um, and then the tool would pick up the prevailing circumstances. But it, it, it wouldn't, the tool's designed to be run out in, in two, three days, or probably even less, we're hoping less than that. And with less resources, or well, similar sort of resources that you'd apply to a, a POA, uh, POA workshop. So so, so I don't know if this answers the question, but yeah, we would need to revisit the, the the steps in the tool if, if there's a delay, um, a you know, significant delay.
0: Oh, thank you, Adrian. So if if that didn't answer the question, uh so maybe our participant can um sort of send us a clarification or email us course, the question later and we will get back to it. Yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Um so I'm going to take us to slide 41 where you mentioned um that the tool was was also trialed on a health project um, can you tell us what that health project was and how the tool worked on it
1: i, I th- probably pr- probably said as much as I can say I think um, in one of the slides i, I, I sort of um, went over it a little bit the the health project uh, is a is a major hospital in Australia and um and it um it's um the the tour has come up with a, um, a significantly significant differences and so in contrast to the women's second rooms crossing in which the mostly the tool matched the actual approach in this case the tool mismatched substantially the approach taken by um the government agency in delivering the hospital and so um that was really interesting for me and 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 it, it, what was really, what will be, of, I think, really a value in the user guide is what we can do is show, you know, in each step, we can show how the how each step varies um, across these two sectors, and, and what that begins to do is speak to the, the versatility of the tool. So we can use it in in, 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 in all types of infrastructure, um, you know, everything from the current submarine attack class program we have in Australia. Uh, if you wanted to, to, if you really wanted to review that decision um and um to 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 other infrastructure sectors so um i probably as much i've probably said as much as i can say on that at this at this point in time oh,
0: thank you thanks adrian um we will stay on this slide um so you've given us an overview of the application of the tool um to a road and health projects uh, can the rail industry also benefit from the tool could the same model be applied to new rail projects
1: uh, yeah, yeah yeah, absolutely 100 um and that's i think that was really um the, the fact that it can apply across all transport sectors you know um there you know, was was the thing that really appealed to the international transport forum um in paris oh sorry the oecd in paris and um, which is why they, they've sort of mentioned it's one of their way forward so it's 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 versatile um it's interesting I, i've had it I've, the students have helped me greatly i should give up a shout out to um to my students in the procurement course at QUT's master's of project management who've uh, helped me develop this course been my guinea pigs <laughs> since 2009. And, um, and uh, they, they, they've used it on all sectors, including I think we had a statue one year and, and defense and military and so on. So anything with a significant capital expenditure program and develops a life, uh, a whole life, uh, which might be maintenance operation, maintenance or it could be service, could be manufacturing service on a prototype project.
0: Thank you. I'll stay on this slide. So we have another question that is um, is the intention of the tool to nominate the contract type for principal contracts, or is it scalable for use in provision of smaller private contracts within a principal contract?
1: Ah, that's, that's really good. So, yeah, excellent. Um, yes, the answer is yes, because um, because it's it's so all the all the measurements are taken vis-a-vis the buyer. So so the tool will step down. Um, it just steps down to a different layer of buyer. Um, so if the buyer becomes a, a main contractor buying from subcontractors, yes, you can you can run the tool. So the answer to that is yes.
0: All right, <clears throat> Thank you. Um, so. Uh, the other question uh, I you 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 said that you've recommended that agencies do not wait for the publication of the user guide but uh, when will it be available and how can it be accessed
1: oh um, the current the current um, plan is for it to be available um, to be drafted by December this year and so um, around the end of this year um it should be available and, and i imagine i haven't discussed this fully yet with my my, my colleague at infrastructure australia uh, but um but um i imagine it will be available online but you know that that's not my decision um, but but it but I, but I but i imagine that it will be readily available in some format
0: okay thank you oh well we have one minute left and i'm just going to ask one last question um can a training in the use of the tool be provided
1: oh yeah absolutely so that's um you know obviously we're i'm biased <laughs> but um i i um I, I would um i would encourage uh agencies to contact uh, me and uh and we can develop um, um a, a, an agreement to 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 help users um um use a tool trained so that they're self sufficient um and uh and 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 as I said I, there's no need to wait for the user guide to, to do that if 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 agencies want to either run it out as a you know just to trial it or to 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 run it on a, a review it or run it on both modes or uh, or or actually start to use it as it's intended which is to to um inform future decisions
0: All right. Thanks so much, Adrian. And uh, I think that brings us uh, to the end of the Q&A session. Uh, Thanks to all of our participants um, and your questions. And again, if we haven't had a chance to answer your question today, we will um, respond um, to all of the questions in writing and uh, send you the copy of the response after the webinar. Um, We I have no minutes left, but I'm just going to quickly take us through uh, the next webinars on our schedule. So on the 6th of August, we will be talking about the changes that may occur in roads and transport due to the emergence of uh, automated, connected and electric vehicles and new models of vehicle ownership and use. Um, And on the 11th of August, we will provide an overview of the changes that followed the revision of uh, four. Australian standards for bitumen and related materials so visit our website to register Um, Thanks again um, to Adrian and to uh, all of you for being with us today. Uh, We hope that the information presented uh, will be useful in your work. After we close out today's session, a questionnaire will pop up on your screen, so please take a few minutes to fill it in. Uh, It really helps us to know what you liked, what you didn't like, and what suggestions you have for our future webinars. Um, Thanks again, everyone, Um, stay well and safe, and have a great weekend, and we hope to see See you next time. See you later and bye.